Hello, hope you're all doing fantastic. Firstly, just want to say sorry for the lack of shows. We have been like ships in the night, uh, opposite ends of the country, etc. And it's just been impossible to get together. But hopefully that changes very, very soon. Um, but I don't know, to that, that I think it will. Uh, so what I, what I decided to do is put out a show. It took me an hour just to turn this laptop on. That's how crap this one is. That's why we don't use this stuff. But... Um, I thought I'd do a rebroadcast or a couple of rebroadcasts of some of the early shows that we've done. And yeah, some some of you may have heard them, some of you may have not. So there you go, a rebroadcast. So uh, let's do that. And uh, like I say, if you can help us out, you know, which would make us a lot easier to uh, get these shows out to you, you know, check the t shirts out. There's a link in the description. Or you can just Google Grimbarian Clothing um, and you should pop up. But yeah, the link is there. Go and check them out. It's nothing to do with the podcast. It's just our t-shirts, which, you know, help us along. It's the way you can support us. Um, really, really support us as well. And uh, obviously, you know, then we can hopefully do more shows and uh, spend a bit more time doing them rather than working so much. But hey-ho. But if you can check the t-shirts out, that'd be fantastic. And, uh, right, here we go. You are listening to a special rebroadcast. 1855, February 9th. People all across Devon woke up to find mysterious footprints in the snow. The tracks seemed to be cut almost like a hot iron had been poked into the snow. The tracks themselves led for miles upon miles and appeared at times to do impossible things. Some said the tracks could only have been made by the devil himself. Tonight we look at the case of the devil's footprints. How the devil are you all? Hello and welcome to the show and thank you very much for joining us tonight. Yes, I'm Andy Macker. And I'm Lee Solway. We will be covering the re- I mentioned reviews last episode so we'll do them uh, soon. Yep, do them later in the show. But tonight we are looking at the Devil's Footprint of Devon. Oh, yeah. Very so, interesting. But it doesn't doesn't just stay in Devon, does it, Lee? It covers no, a bit well, more there was, a wider uh, area. Yeah, there's been accounts of this in Scotland and in other places, uh, Germany. And I get, you know, I don't really go into detail tonight on those cases, but I can give you a little bit of that. Mm, but, yeah. So this all starts then on the 8th, the 9th of February, because it's the, the you know the night time of the 8th into the early hours of yep. the, the 9th of February in 1855. Okay. And in the morning, people woke all across Devon to find hoof-like marks in the snow. And a lot of people said there was cloven. Okay. So, and there was also bipedal. Yeah. Well, right, okay. it says so that... It wasn't deer or... No, the, the, the footprints themselves seem to be so deep in the snow that a lot of people thought like a hot iron going Ooh. into snow. Yeah. Well, a lot of people thought it was a footprint of a donkey, but the footprints themselves were only maximum sort of four inches long and three inches wide. Okay, and, but they appeared to be walking in a single line, uh, an average of eight to 16 inches apart. So obviously that more represents a bipedal yeah, entity rather than does. a quadruped. So that is where people start getting a bit suspicious about these footprints. Now, the tracks appeared in shallow snow as well as deep snow. 
some accounts say that the tracks were between an inch and four inches deep. Okay, but yep. And obviously, it says that they was uh, did impossible things, and this this again rules out no, a lot of known creatures. Okay, at this point, because the impossible things are things like these tracks led up to windows. Okay, almost like something had been peering in a window, yep. and then backtracked through the on same the, on, tracks on the same tracks. Yeah, okay. so that's unusual for a donkey. Mm. And then they also now there's reports of them going through a four inch pipe. Right. Okay. There's reports of them going through guttering. Yep. There's also reports where it walks up to a haystack and instead of going around the haystack, it just jumped up on top of the haystack, which was 12 feet high, mm. and then walked across and then jumped down the other side. Well, why would it do that? Well, uh, other reports say that they were found in an enclosed garden. Mm. Okay. So there's no way into the garden. It's all fenced off. And yet somehow they, you know, must have leapt over the fence yep. and then obviously continued through the garden. Let's. Basically, just whatever's in its way, just jump, walks over them. Uh, there's even reports of it walking across the River X. Mm. Um, so, and I'll get into that because I've got some newspaper articles that you know make it a bit more obvious what's going on here. Now, it's important to note at the time, Britain was gripped in a severe winter, okay? And actually, it was the, I think it was the third worst winter that we, on record. Mm. So, it was bad. A lot of animals, uh, you know, yourself from around here, if it's bad weather at sea, the animals come in, especially seagulls and yeah. stuff. So a lot of animals will come in inland because of the, the bad weather. Mm. So that's not unusual, but you know, it's important to note. And also, the snow fell heavy around midnight. So that's you know, the 8th eighth, eighth going into the ninth. But towards the dawn, the temperatures rose again. Okay, And then just before dawn, the temperature sank again. So... I would, you know, you've got to bear that in mind because when you're talking about footprints in the snow, you've got to uh, bear in mind the, the fact that it could be distorted, yeah, because of the temperature rising. So if it, you know, the temperature fell, then it snowed again, then it rised, then it then it fro- then it froze again. So you're gonna to have to uh, bear that in mind, you know, Ooh. with the footprints. Okay, so word gets around, obviously on the ninth, and then we start getting newspaper articles printed. And these articles come by the way of people writing in mm. and saying, you know, what we're seeing and stuff. So this is a letter that was written to the editor of the Exeter and Plymouth Gazette. And I think this appeared in, the, I think actually appeared in the paper in the 30, on the 13th of February, February. so yep. a few days after. But it, it says, Sir, Thursday night, the 8th of February, 1855 was marked by heavy snowfall, followed by rain and boisterous wind from the east, and in the morning a frost. The return of daylight revealed the ramblings of some most busy and mysterious animal, endowed with a power of ambiguity, as the footprints were to be seen in all sorts of unaccountable places, on the top of houses, narrow walls, in gardens and courtyards, enclosed by high walls and palings, as well as in the open fields. The creature seemed to have frolicked about through Exmouth, Littleham, Limpstone, Woodbury, Topsham, Starcross, Tynemouth. There is hardly a garden in Lipstone where his footprints are not observable, and in the parish it seems to have 
gambled about with inexpressible activity. Its tracks appear more like that of a biped than a quadruped, and the steps are generally 8 inches in advance of each other, though in some cases 12 or 14. They are alternative like the steps of a man, and would be included between two parallel lines of 6 inches apart. Right, okay. The impressions of the foot closely resemble that of a donkey's shoe, and measure from an inch and a half, in some cases, to two inches and a half across. Here and there appearing as if the foot was cleft. But in generality, of its steps, an impression of the shoe was continuous and perfect, and the centre of the snow remains entire, merely showing the outer crust of the foot which therefore must have been convex. The creature seems to have advanced to doors of several houses and then to have retracted its steps, but no one is able to discern the starting or resting point of the mysterious Ooh. visitor. Everyone is wondering, but no one is able to explain the mystery. The poor are full of superstition and consider it a little short of a visit from old Satan or some some of his imps. Now, this is what I mean. So, at this point, people can't recognise these footprints. Then, because of them being yeah. cleft or hoover, uh, hooven, hooves, then it starts to get this motion in everybody's head. It's a devil. And when you bear in mind Everything's that, a devil. Yeah, when you days. bear in mind... Well, this is 1855. Yeah. But when you bear in mind that the prints... When word gets around, the prints... People start reporting prints from all over the place. Mm. I mentioned all those towns there, uh, you know, Exmouth, Little and Limston, etc. But you're actually talking about a distance travelled of 40 to 100 miles mm. in a night. Yeah. Okay. So you can imagine this is causing a bit of uh, a bit of panic, as you will. And there's actually um, uh, Reverend Musgrave, who actually takes a sermon shortly after this and tells his parishioners that they believe the tracks were made by a kangaroo. Mm. Okay. So apparently there's a miragerie somewhere and the idea was that this kangaroo had escaped. I'll get onto the fairies a little bit later, but this sort of alleviated a lot of fear from people. Well, there were other days. Again, so, that doesn't explain why a kangaroo would go up to a door well, no, window but, but and then what he was trying to the do, same tracks. He won't do that. He was just trying animals, to... Animals was, won't do that. He was trying to give people uh, a more earthly bound... You know, reason yeah, yeah, you know, for course. these tracks. So yeah. that sort of put some water on the fire, if you like. So mm. people at that, you know, we're early getting in a panic, and then he comes along and says, right, so I think it's this kangaroo. So everyone sort of, that sort of died mm. it down. Yeah. But later on, I'll get to uh, a letter that he sent into the paper and uh, to see what he was really thinking, okay? Now, here's another, and these pictures, again, I'll be able to put these pictures up for people to look at, the, mm. the actual pictures that were sent into the paper. Yeah. Okay, so if people want to look Just at them. Stick them on the hangout, yeah. Yeah, put them on the hangout. Okay. So another letter that was sent into the Truman Exeter Flying Post, Ooh. which sounds sounds great. It does sound good, doesn't it? Goes like this: it says in Dawlish, which is a town in Devon, isn't it? Yep. In Dawlish, a group of tradesmen were so unnerved that they armed themselves with guns and bludgeons, and on the morning of the ninth, set off in pursuit of the tracks. They walked from Dawlish to Loosecombe, Dawlish Waters to Oaklands, at length a very long and weary search, they returned as wise as they set out. Mm. 
Uh, another uh, message here, this is into the Illustrated London News, goes like this. The marks which appeared on the snow, which lay very thinly on the ground at times, okay, yep. and which were seen on Friday morning, all to appearance were the perfect impression of a donkey's hoof. The length, four inches, by two and three quarter inches. But instead of progressing as that of an animal would have done, or indeed as many others would have done, feet right and left, it appears that the foot had followed foot in a single line, the distance from each tread being eight inches, or rather more. The footmarks in every parish being exactly the same size, and the step the same length. Now, it's interesting to to note that, you know, in every parish. Yeah. So, so a lot of people say, you know, well, maybe people just saw footprints here, saw footprints there, saw footprints, and said, you know, common animals, mm. but because this sort of hysteria was going around, they sort of said, well, it's just this, that, and that. But, it, but actually, if you look into the accounts, they're all saying they're seeing the same shape footprint. Right, okay. Uh, and that is, it's key to note when we come on to the fairies. Or is it? So anyway, it goes on. The mysterious visitor generally only passed once down or across each garden or courtyard, and did so in nearly all the houses in many parts of several towns above mentioned, as also farms scattered about. His regular track, passing in some instance over roofs of houses and hayricks and very high walls, one... 14 feet, okay? Right, okay. Without displacing any snow on either side or altering the distance between its feet and passing on as if the wall had not been there or not been any impediment. Right. So he's almost talking as if this creature just walked straight through the wall. You know, like, you might see a wall and think, he's jumped over it. Well, yeah. well he's saying that the stride never stopped. Mm. It's almost like he just went through the wall. So, now, yeah. you know, I mean, that leads down loads of Avenues, if you start thinking about well, again, if, it, if like it's going to be, um, you know, if the building's there, you know, you'd usually walk around it or try to find a way. This this creature just walked through it or through it or jumped over. So, again, it. when we come on to fairies, it's it's worth noting, okay? Yeah, the garden with high fences or walls and gates locked were equally visited as those open and unprotected. Now, when we consider the distance that must have been gone over uh, that left these marks. I would say that in almost every garden or doorstep through the extensive woods of Luscombe upon upper, upper commons in, in enclosures and farms, the actual progress must have exceeded 100 miles. In a night? In a night. Okay. Now, people started, obviously, trying to come up with rational uh, explanations as to why... Or what caused this? Okay, so you get um, you get birds, people saying birds and stuff. But this goes on to say, birds could not have left these marks, as no bird's feet leaves the impressions of a hoof, or even where the bird capable of doing so, could it proceed in a direct manner as above stated. Nor would birds, even with donkey feet, confine themselves to a direct line but hop there and here. But the nature of the mark is once set aside as being the track of a bird. 
this goes on to say that the the writer mm. claims to have ex- claims to have been in Canada for five months right. in the winter. Yep. And tracked animals. Okay, so he he reckons he's an experienced tracker. Okay. But he then says he's never seen tracks like this. Right. Even okay. in Canada, you know. Should one think that the above likely to interest your readers or draw them from any better solution of this most singular occurrence than has present been given, perhaps you will allow in its place your interest in journal. Now, so he's just trying to get his letter in the paper there. Right. Now, other accounts of this. So we get an, a guy writing in on the 12th of March. He's obviously read the stories going yep. around. And, and you get this from Hildeberg, I think it is in Ge- I think it's in Germany, okay. Yep. So he writes into the Illustrated London News and he says this I beg the favour of you to say into your newspaper the following facts. Upon the authority of a Polish doctor in medicine living in the neighbourhood on the well and then it says, you know, in German way or whatever, Paschogora, which means sand hill, okay. Mm. Uh, a small hill on the border of Galicia, anyway, but in Russia, Poland, every year are to be seen in the snow the same footprints as those you've seen in Devonshire, in a single line around the hill, at a few inches or regular distance from each other, no mark of the being or end being distinguishable. It is universally attributed to an inhabitant of supernatural influence. The same footprints are occasionally visible in the soft sand with which this bare hill is covered. So, you're getting an account there from somebody saying, you know, we've seen this before. Yeah. And this is Germany. So, those people there are putting it down to something supernatural. Right, I just want to give you this from... Glenor Glenessy, I think it is. Yep. Oh, Glenor Glenessy? Yeah, I think it is. In uh, Scotland, okay. And it says, Among the high mountains and the elevated districts where Glenessy uh, is, there have been met several times during the sand, uh, during this and also the former winter. Upon the snow, the tracks of an animal seemingly unknown at present in Scotland. The prints of the foot, in every respect is an exact resemblance of a foal of considerable size. With this small difference, perhaps, that the sole seems to be a little longer or not so round, but as no one has ever seen or had the good fortune as yet to have obtained a glimpse of the creature, nothing more can be said of its shape or dimensions. Only it has been remarked from the depth of which the feet sunk in the snow, that it must be the beast of considerable size. It has been observed also that it walks not like that of a a quadruped, but that it is more like the bounding or limping of a hare when not scared or pursued. It is not in one locality, only that its tracks have been met with but through a range of at least 12 miles. And that happened in... That was actually published in the Times on the 14th of March. Right. So around the same time of year, uh, but this was 1840. Okay. So 15 years prior. So again, we're getting 
accounts of this going on, you know, in different countries, uh, and there's been loads of other places in the UK where these hoof prints have uh, popped up, or Satan, though some people call them mm. Satan's marks and yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, they would do, wouldn't they? Yeah. Everything in them days was the devil. Yeah, the shape of it lends sort of to that, doesn't it? I mean, you've got, um, obviously, Torquay, as mentioned, uh, we're talking about Dorset and Devon and even in Lincolnshire. Mm. So they're yeah. you know, some of the places that have been. thing is, so... We move on to theories, okay? Yeah. Now, some people don't call this theories. They call it explanations, okay? Right. But it's not. I mean, no, I don't think there's any anything that stacks up here. So there was no, yeah, there's no, nothing seen, nothing, nothing here. Seen, no. Nothing at all. So now we come on to theories, okay? Right, okay. And they range from the mundane to the absolutely bizarre. Right, okay. okay yeah. So you've got Heron. Okay. Okay. Mm, badger. Mm, mouse. No, all, all. Rat. Rat. Now remember this this <coughs> this tracks were a hundred miles long. Yeah. It won't stay, stay on two legs, will it? No. Donkey. Yeah. And again, yeah. the problem with that is that it's it's going over walls that are fourteen feet high. Yeah. Ain't many donkeys doing that. Not really. Some of these gardens were totally enclosed, so mm. so when the badger, you know, stuff like that, it's like, well, you know, can it get into a garden? And I'll come on to that in a minute. But you've got otter, swan, cat, wolf, hare, um, birds, or flocks of. Right. And then, obviously, from Musgrave, you've got the kangaroo. Yeah. Um. So let's have a look, then. Let's go with the kangaroo fairs, because that was... It's one of the most interesting fairies out there, I guess. Now, if you remember, I told you that Reverend Musgrave spoke about this from the pulpit... Trying to alleviate fear. Of course, yeah. Christianers, okay. Now, later, he will go on to write to the um, to the paper, uh, the illustrated uh, London News, okay. Not for publish. Right. Okay, he made, that, he made that clear. But he says that, I found a very apt opportunity to mention the name of Kangaroo in allusion to the report of Ben Current. I certainly did not pin my faith on the version of the mystery. Right. Okay, but he states, but the state of the public mind of the villagers, dreading to go out after sunset, under the conviction that this was the devil's work, Mm. rendered it very desirable that a turn should be given to such a degraded and, eh, whatever that says, notion. And I was thankful that a kangaroo served to dispense ideas. So, derogatory. So, he's saying in that letter there, he's not saying that, no. he's not he's thinking this is a kangaroo, to, yeah. but he's just trying to, make to sure his people, his people come really to church were every week. that yeah. scared that they weren't even leaving the house. Yeah, this is now, right. He's it's trying money. to get people out, but... Yeah, well... Um, okay, so Badger. Uh, it says, during... July 1855, Richard Owen stated that his theory, the footprints were from a badger, arguing the animal was... Now, he's arguing that because the animal is native to the country, yep. for one, and a quadruped, right, it could leave possibly larger footprints because he's almost saying that it's almost stepping inside its footprints. But again, you, you run into problems with a badger when you look at the the length of the tracks. Yep. You know, distance covered. 
and it crossing the sea or the 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 river x yeah now i suppose it is but you also got to take into consideration what animals hibernate in the winter well yeah but the and yeah really the river x okay so the the, <coughs> the tracks walked up and then appeared on the other side right. in a straight mm. line okay, okay. that that you know shocked people to see that obviously but at low tide is this meant this is worth noting of at low tide it is as little as a couple of hundred yards wide in places mm. and only four feet deep at one point but it's still it's still i know it's only four feet deep but it's still four feet deep there yeah. ain't many badgers with five foot legs no okay so no. i think we can rule badgers out i think you can rule any animal out to be honest mate uh, Morris Jessup suggested that it might be a UFO, an alien base. Mm. I just don't see. <laughs> Again, I don't see where he's going with that at yeah, all. Yeah, I don't mind. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll forget that one. Hopping mice. Now I have actually seen some pictures of hopping mice in the snow, mm. and it does look like a cloven footprint. Mm. It does because they sort of. Jump in, then sort of roll around in a circle, if you like. Yeah. So it, it, so it looks. Yeah. Now I can see that in a patch. Of, you know, if you had a garden mm. that was in your garden, you think. Oh, but then if yeah, I could see that in, in one garden. I could see that, but not as a stretch, and not no. going up to windows and back in and retract. You know, retracing its steps. I can't have that. So, no, could be, but I doubt it. No, I don't think it's any animal. Now we come on to the balloon theory. Uh, this sort of gathered weight, af- you know, years after this sort of died off, okay? Yeah. And people started, you know, looking back on it, said, oh, yeah, it was just this and that. Now, this guy called, now he's an author called uh, Godfrey Household, right? Who suggested that it was an experimental balloon that was released mm. by mistake from Davenport Dockyard and had left the mysterious tracks by trailing two shackles on the end of its mooring ropes. Okay, so his source was a local man, Major Carter, whose grandfather had worked at Davenport at the time. Carter claimed that the incident had been quietened because the balloon also wrecked a number of conservatories, greenhouses and windows before finally descending to earth in uh, Honington. Now, that... I can see where I could see where you could go mm. along with that to some extent because, yeah, a balloon could travel 100 miles... Without stopping, no bother. Right. So yeah, that that's a tick. And if it's got two shackles dangling down that are touching the ground, again, leaving them imprints, possibly. But then you come to the haystack situation. I just can't see a balloon going over a haystack without, no. you know, and a balloon going a hundred miles without getting caught up. Bullshit. You can't even fly a kite. No, in, you, no, you know, no. you can't fly a kite in in the woods, can you? For, no. Or in the, in the park for. For that long before you get it tangled in a tree, so yeah, yeah I think it's just people uh, coming up with silly ideas, mate. Absolutely silly ideas. Trying to fill in the blanks, but um, again, you know, the hot iron. You know, where he talks about they almost like cast with a hot iron. That's how mm. deep and uh, you know well formed the prints were. But again, like the the guy in Scotland says, that to me sort of would represent weight. So it's a heavy creature. I would say weight more than yeah. yeah than I'd the, say than that. the heat. Then I think yeah. you know we was walk on the snow and we'd sort of crush a little bit of the snow. Yeah. 
but this is obviously going straight to the almost to the ground, so that's mm. some considerable weight, yeah. I would say. Yeah. So uh, all, all I can, you know, if I had to have a guess, like the guy in, in Germany saying that it, the, the the people there attribute it to being a supernatural creature, mm. you know. Um, I'm of that sort of persuasion, I think, mm. because um, I'm yeah. running out. I'm running out of earthly bound ideas, I suppose. I'm going for uh, uh, woodland creatures, um, you know, um, that are on different vibration. Uh, I've got one here. I'm going to put these pictures on the hangout, and I'm going to see if the listeners see if they maybe agree with me. Now, it's called this one. Uh, actually, is called Pan. Okay. Mm. Uh, in ancient Greek religion and mythology, Pan is the god of the wild shepherds and flocks and nature mm-hmm. and mountains, right? And the wilds, okay? Uh, and he's also the companion of the nymphs because you've got nymphs on the land and you also have nymphs in the water, mm-hmm. as we know. Yep, loads, yep, of legends, yep. loads of legends of nymphs, you know, and many of them are very physical, you know, on land and water. He has the hindquarters, legs and horns of a goat. So that could fit. And also, I'll send a picture in. This this pan is beefy. Mm. It's quite weighty. uh, Weighty. You know what I mean? In the same manner as a fawn or satire with his homeland in rustic Arcadia. He is also recognised as the god of fields, groves, wooded glens, and often affiliated with sex. Because of this, Pan is connected to fertility and the season of spring. So you've got February, March, at Ben, you've got so possible connection there. The ancient Greeks also considered Pan to be the god of theatrical criticism. Merriment, taking the piss, yeah. you know, kind of a comedian, yeah. you know, doing well, stuff. I mean, that, would, thing, I mean, that would explain the where he almost looks like he's going through a four-inch... Yeah, pipe. That's what I'm saying. You know? So the word panic actually means uh, it derived the word panic. Actually, that's what it means. The pan, the word panic, derives from that. from the god's name. Yeah, makes so, sense. Yeah, because yeah. I, I mean that's exactly what he's caused here. Yeah. Panic, sheer panic. panic. So yeah. he, he's amused by it. Yeah. It gives him a buzz. Okay, yeah. You know, but again, see that, yeah. nobody saw him. Nobody heard anything, which is quite, you know. Well, that rules out birds. Yeah, flocks of birds. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, shit like that. Shit. I'm going to, uh, mine, again, it could be something, you know, again, we know the woodland, there's, there's a lot of stuff that people, you know, elves, gnomes, we, we know fairies, we know they exist, Lee, we know mm. they exist. And other, these creatures must exist as well. So I'm, I'm a bit, I say, they've, they've been all over the world, you know, not just in Devon and the uh, Great Britain or Ireland or Scotland, it's all over the world, any, any, any woodland. So I'm going to put these pictures on and I'll see what the listeners think. This is my, what I think it is. It's not the devil. For God's sake, I mean, why would he come out and go on the sofa? What, what, what be the purpose? You know, maybe. Uh, so was it just one set of footprints? There wasn't any kind of companion or shit like that. No, nope. one set of nope. footprints, like a one being doing this all time. Okay, because it is said also they do sometimes work alone. You know, there's obviously got companions, but again, my my take on it, mate, would be Pan. Mm. I think these creatures still exist. Well, I, I think the evidence sort of fits that description that yeah, you've given there, yeah. doesn't it? You know, but, uh, I thought, well, you yeah. know, it's it's no animal, no way, isn't it? It's no animal. An animal would not backtrack its tracks. Mm. 
If an animal went to the a window or near a building, it it's it, well, I've, I've, as well. Yeah, it, I've, it I've heard that that you know when we, when you look into Bigfoot cases stuff like that, I've actually yeah. heard that where it's it has done that. You know, it's walked in in same and out. Same yeah, exactly. They almost so, say so like because some of these reports of this incident say like people followed it into a field and it just yeah. vanished. It just the, the tracks just disappeared. Yeah, and then maybe on the other edge of the field, they'd restart again, and they couldn't understand how it had gone from the middle of a field to you know, restarting a few hundred yards away. Um, so, you know, it's ticking all the boxes for me of a ghost even, you know, well, because... Well, a ghost wouldn't make living in Mark. Well, it depends what you mean by ghost. I mean, you're taking... Well, just, something, just a something, spirit, yeah. Yeah. You know, something of... of cause of it's a going, spirit it, can leave marks. It could, can yeah, leave well, that's what I'm saying. It's almost Absolutely. passing through, you know, passing through objects like they're not there in some instances. Then, you know, but then you've got the haystack where it's almost... It's walked up to the haystack, then walked above along the haystack, twelve feet high, and then appears on the other side again. So it's not gone through the haystack; it's actually gone up and over the haystack. And again, that you know, like I say, that rules out donkey, but uh, yeah, donkey, yeah. <laughs> flying donkey, but flying donkey, some off Shrek or something. Yeah, know. they are. I mean, you're running out of you are running out of things to um, to suggest here, and I think that's why it remains such a mystery because. I don't think there's any, there isn't, there's no right answer to this at the moment. No. I, I I just think it's, it is an open-ended thing. And obviously if people got suggestions then they can let us know, but interesting. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Very interestingly. Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. I'll be back.